0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Chargers have a chance to make a definitive statement to the NFL. Is this the last year we see Lamar Jackson as the Ravens quarterback? And there is no place in the NBA for Robert Sarver. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the camp not miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found.
3: Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Week two kicks off with an absolute bang. Or should I say a banger? A banger of a game. It's Chiefs and Chargers on Thursday night. Football with a chance for one of these two teams to signal, hey, look at us. We are the team to beat in the AFC. Forget about the Bills. It's us. Joining me now from Locked On Chargers, David Drogemeyer and David. This is a rivalry spot in the AFC West, which we expect to be a bloodbath all season. So, what would a win like this do in terms of being a statement to the rest of the league for the LA Chargers? What?
2: I think the Chargers have been a sexy pick, right? I mean, year after year after year. They've always had so much talent, so much sexy talent. they burned end me talent. before, I'll tell you that. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think this offseason is where they really made several key moves. And not only your top-end talent, but they added a lot of quality depth. And they did that all with the intention of supplanting the Chiefs and the AFC West. And in the AFC conference, the Chiefs have been the juggernauts. They've won the AFC West six straight times. And the Chargers made all of their moves this offseason to put them in position to supplant the Chiefs. So this is the litmus test. This is where the Chargers can truly see if all of the moves they made in the offseason are going to pay off.
1: Now, it looks like they they could be without both Keenan Allen and J.C. Jackson as we are recording this. So what would it take? from Justin Herbert, from guys like Khalil Mack, some of those new additions that you mentioned to get a win against a team that was as impressive in week one as any team we saw in the NFL.
2: Yeah, so just to clarify, Keenan Allen has already been ruled out of this game, so he will not play on Thursday night. JC Jackson, according to head coach Brandon Staley, is more of a 50-50 situation. My inclination is that I feel like he is going to play on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm feeling. I, I think they intentionally held him out of Sunday's matchup against the Raiders so that they could have him ready to play on Thursday night against the Chiefs. But the bl- the blueprint to stop the Chiefs, I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, but it is pretty obvious that the Chiefs, they really attack the boundaries. They th- get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands very quickly. They want to get those high, uh, easy, efficient seven to eight yard throws and that keeps them ahead of the sticks, and they're going to kill you by death by a 1,000 paper cuts all the way down the football field. And what you have to do is you have to make sure that you keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. He is at his best when he is creating off script. He's really good at throwing the ball on the run, finding receivers down the football field, extending the drives by running for first downs. So you have to be extremely disciplined against Patrick Mahomes and against the Chiefs, in the red zone, they get very creative. They use a lot of misdirection. They use a lot of RPOs. You have to be ready for that. You have to have a plan, and that just means staying disciplined and paying attention to your rules. On offense, the Chargers have to score. I mean, it's, it's point blank, period. They have to score, not just score. I'm talking score touchdowns every single chance that they get because the Chiefs have already showed that even without Tyreek Kill, they are still a high-powered monster to be dealt with.
1: What would it mean for, let's say, a Justin Herbert MVP candidacy kind of season? And I know that their goal is bigger than that, but Justin Herbert has also been, you you talked about the Chargers as a trendy pick, Justin Herbert, that MVP pick. I saw that on a lot of people's lists to come into the year. This could be a showcase game. And he has had showcase games against the Chiefs, arguably his first showcase game in the NFL came against the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Justin Herbert had to suit up uh, after being told literally, you know, two or three minutes after kickoff that, hey, kid, sorry, you're you're going to be starting in this game. And he's like, what? <laughs> the, the, the tight ends were like, hey, what are you even doing out here? They didn't even know that he was going to be the one starting the game. And then he goes out there and he proceeds to go head to head with Patrick Mahomes. And it took an overtime period where former head coach Anthony Lynn decided it was a smart decision to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes for whatever reason Uh, that still doesn't make any sense to me. Um, But uh, yes, this is a crazy matchup for Justin Herbert. And if he goes out there on Thursday night football on Amazon Prime, the very first time that Amazon is hosting. And of course, why wouldn't they want this game? Chargers, Chiefs to, to kick off their slate of Thursday night football games. If Justin Herbert goes out there, shows up and beats Patrick Mahomes, it is going to absolutely propel him into MVP conversations. It's very, very early, but this is where you do it. This is where you make those those moves. That's where you make these statements is in these primetime games against these premium
1: teams. Stay up to date all season on the LA Chargers by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Chargers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, will Lamar Jackson be tossing passes? Not in Baltimore next season. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today. With the NFL season kicking off, Sleeper is climbing the charts with over 4 million users. In addition, they just launched 22 new features, including their over-under game integrated right into your fantasy interface. You probably already use Sleeper for your fantasy league. I do, and I love it. It's great. All of the user experience part of it is so much better than the other apps out there. And now you can play over under in the app itself. And the the best thing about over unders is you get to choose a little to win a lot. In any sport, you choose two or more players that you like and you pick the over or the under. This is a communal experience. You get to do it with your friends. And speaking of doing it with your friends, you can join our listener group at sleeper.com slash locked on today and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to hundred dollars. Again, go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The SEC announced Wednesday that it directed Georgia and Tennessee to postpone scheduled games with Oklahoma because the Sooners are on their way to the SEC. Oklahoma is slated to join the SEC with Texas in 2025. The timing of when Oklahoma and Texas end up in the SEC has been the subject of much speculation since it was announced in the summer of 2021 that they were joining the best league in college football. Other people want to argue that. It's okay, they're wrong. Both schools have four remaining seasons in the Big 12, which is an eternity considering how much unrest their departure has caused the league. An early departure would be subject to both a significant exit fee, expected to be in the $80 million range, and the violation of a grant of rights agreement, which is why both schools and the SEC have been cautious in addressing a potential early departure. Georgia and Tennessee have filled those open dates. Utah Jazz President of Basketball Ops Danny Ainge said he didn't feel like the players in last year's locker room believed in each other. Donovan Mitchell disagrees. I don't think we didn't believe, Mitchell told ESPN on Wednesday on his first day in Cleveland as a Cavalier since his September 1st trade. I said at the end of the season, don't trade Rudy Gobert. Let's figure this out. Let's go. And that didn't happen. For him to say that after six months around the team, I disagree. But... You know, at the end of the day, that's his decision. Mitchell also said that in the days leading up to his trade to Cleveland, he had been led to believe he would be traded to the New York Knicks. You know who else was led to believe that? New York Knicks fans. Minor League Baseball players officially unionized Wednesday. Joining the Major League Baseball Players Association after an arbiter validated the union authorization cards and MLB recognized the MLBPA as the player's bargaining representative. The process of unionizing unfolded at rapid speed, starting with the distribution of cards on August 28th, and culminating barely two weeks later in the organizing of more than 5,000 players. The MLBPA, which previously had represented only the 1,200 players on major league teams' 40-man roster, will now cover all players at each of the four affiliated levels, as well as those teams' Florida and Arizona complexes. The parties plan to start bargaining over the minor leagues' first collective bargaining agreement following the end of the season this is a huge deal and you can have mike trout and shohei otani in the same lineup but you can't have wins apparently it's the definition of this is why we can't have nice things and the los angeles angels have once again clinched a dubious mark
4: well we knew this day was coming and it finally arrived The Angels have clinched their seventh straight losing season. What's going on, everybody? It's John Frisch, one half of Locked On Angels. The Halos were swept by the Guardians, dropping this game today 5-3. Patrick Sandoval went 5 and a third's innings, had given up two earned runs, and the Halos actually got the lead, and so Patrick Sandoval was in line for the win. Unfortunately, Jimmy Herget gave up the tying home run, and then Jose Ramirez hit a two-run home run off of ryan tapera in this game we saw mickey moniak hit a two run home run he's doing things that get us very excited about his future and then mike trout also got an rbi in this one but the angels have just not played well in cleveland the last couple of seasons and uh today was the uh the nail in the coffin for our halos of course we knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs but man seven straight losing seasons does not feel good as a longtime fan. We're going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about what it means for our Halos moving forward. we got to make some changes in the offseason. Until then, we hope you'll catch us on YouTube at Lockdown Angels or catch Lockdown Angels wherever you get your podcasts. And my brother Mike and I will be there for you to break it all down.
0: Here is another story you need to know. Any
1: questions about if the contract negotiations would stall Lamar Jackson or put to rest in an impressive showing in week one, against a New York Jets team that is not your slightly older brother's New York Jets team, at least on defense. That is a quality team. And Lamar Jackson showed why he was the league MVP just a few seasons ago. But reports are he is not going to negotiate in season, which leaves a lot of questions, especially if you are a quarterback needy team, let's say in 2023 and beyond, about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. That is not what you want to hear if you are Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens. Kevin. How much are you buying into the eh, kind of nervous about what's going on here?
0: I'm not, I'm not super nervous, Peter. I think that honestly, first of all, it was the right call for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to kind of table stuff until the off season. I think, you know, Lamar Jackson put a it vest. It's, it's football time this week for the Ravens It's dolphins time. So, you know, taking it one week at a time here. I don't think it would have distracted Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but it, it's something now where you can kind of table it and say, look, we're 100% focused on football, which I think during the season you, you have to be. Every NFL team is looking to win a Super Bowl, and Baltimore has positioned themselves to do that, obviously, with Lamar Jackson at the helm. And there are a couple ways when we actually get back to talking about the contract, which will likely be after this season. ways it could go Lamar Jackson and the Ravens could just do the franchise tag thing where there are two years of that and I think that's anywhere from 43 to 47 million dollars per season for however many years that is but you could also go the long-term contract way but my thing is the price of Lamar Jackson I don't see a way that it goes down I think for every quarterback extension that has happened deal that we've seen from the stuff with Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, even stuff like Russell Wilson and the Deshaun Watson deal, which is looking like an outlier as opposed to a trend. But all of those were wins for Lamar Jackson. I think he has played it very smart as opposed to maybe a a deal like Josh Allen, which, look, at the time was a great deal for for Josh Allen and for the Bills. But I think you're looking at it now and saying, wow, the Bills got a steal in that Josh Allen deal. Patrick Mahomes, even people are starting to say, wow, I wish I wish the Ravens could have gotten that with the the, the whole nine yards. So I think for Lamar Jackson, I'm not very nervous at this stage. I mean, look, if it continues and continues and continues. But I think for now, at, at this point, it is time for football and the Ravens and Lamar Jackson have made that clear.
1: Part of this is that Lamar Jackson is representing himself. He does not have an agent. Um, That's not to say that he is engaging in every single discussion with the Ravens front office. But as we've heard from um, people in front offices around the league, former front office people, these negotiations can get emotional. And so that when you're the player and the team having these negotiations, it's different than if it's an agent and the team how do you think this would be different if Lamar had someone who could say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this on your behalf and let you play football, and then he goes to bat for them? And then at the end of the year, there isn't the same potential level of acrimony when the Ravens say, we don't think you're worth what you think you're worth.
0: Well, you're right. It is different when you have an Asian first, when you don't. I don't think there's any debate in that. I 100% agree. And I think maybe what we would see is a a little less stuff on social media, potentially. I mean, agents can do a little bit of of the shielding from that type of stuff, but at the same time, we've seen multiple players throughout many different years negotiate their own contracts. I think what makes this situation a little different is the magnitude of this deal and how complicated big quarterback extensions can be with an agent, not to say Lamar Jackson isn't getting good advice and isn't representing himself. Well, I think he's doing fine, but it is different. There there is a shift in kind of the mindset, I think, when you have an agent first, when you don't. And that's fine. I mean, Lamar Jackson has expressed it. You know, he went on LeBron James' show. I can't remember how long ago it was, but he's expressed it. He wants to be a billionaire. You know, he wants to make money. And that's completely within his right to say that. I think he deserves every penny of whatever extension he gets. But I think there are certain differences you see with agents versus not agents where, yeah, you know, maybe we wouldn't be seeing as much about it on social media as we see now. But at the same time, I think for Lamar Jackson, he's doing what he believes is right. And I think, for him, the Ravens have been in this situation before where you have a quarterback in a contract year. Now with Joe Flacco, he went out there. He turned down an extension. He won the Super Bowl. So Lamar Jackson turns down an extension in his contract year. Do you, do you see the same thing? Ravens Joe Flacco, aren't going to
1: say no to that scenario ex- playing out. Exactly. The Ravens will pay Lamar Jackson whatever he wants. Stay up to date on the Lamar Jackson contract drama and the Baltimore Ravens by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Ravens podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, there is no place in the NBA for Robert Sarver. The owner of the Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarver, has been suspended one year and fined $10 million for repeated acts of racism and misogyny in the Suns organization that created a toxic work environment. John Corrales and Jake Madison were adamant about their feelings on his punishment on the latest Locked on NBA.
3: That said... No, there, there's no place for a person like Robert Sarver in the NBA. I feel very, very confident and comfortable in saying something like this. You know, and that's not even counting the fact that for years he was just a cheap, bad owner, and you can probably do better if you're the Phoenix Suns. But when you look at the list of things that they spelled out, right, in the actual, you know, the NBA put out a three-page statement. The actual report is how
1: many pages? Like 43 pages. I have it over here. Uh, from the independent investigators to the National Basketball Association, Wachtel, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. It is a 43 page, 42 page, really. And I'm not going to count the cover page report, (laughs) significantly extensive. uh,
3: 320 individuals were interviewed and provided information, right? Like, you know, we love to talk about sample size in the NBA. They got a big one when it comes to this, when it comes to him and some of the key findings on that first page of the note from the NBA, right? On at least five occasions during his tenure, he repeated the N word. Okay. He engaged in instances of inequitable conduct towards female employees, made uh, many sex-related comments in the workplace, made inappropriate comments about physical appearance of female employees and other women, and on several occasions engaged in inappropriate physical conduct towards male employees, right? And Mr. Sarver engaged in demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including by yelling and other things at them, right? It's a litany of things from so many people. And yep. when you look at it like that, like, no, you know, if you're the NBA, you don't want someone like that owning This team. And so he goes away for a year. He gets fined 10 million. I did a quick Google search on Robert Sarver net worth. It came back with 800 million. It's probably worth more than that. That is 0.0 or it's like 1.25% of his net worth is what he was fined for something like this. He'll stay away from the team, but you get, guess what? They're good. They're going to generate profits and he'll still get the profits off of them. This yeah. is a slap on the wrist. This is no big deal to him. It, the thing is, he's annoyed by this too, which is the funny thing, but yeah, it's just no, it's not
1: enough. It could not be clearer that the punishment is not enough. I thought our friend Brendan Clean from the Locked On Sons podcast put it succinctly yesterday, when on our show he mentioned that if this were a Fortune 500 company, if this were a publicly traded company, if this were just any sort of forward-facing, multi-million dollar company, and these sorts of allegations were not only brought about, but corroborated by an independent investigation, that the person in charge of that company would no longer be in charge. But what this proves and what this does is puts into stark Contrast the relationship between Adam Silver and the owners and the players and those governors. Because Adam Silver works for those governors. I know we forget that sometimes. But those governors are the real people who run the league. Until those people who run NBA franchises are treated like essentially any other person in their position... NBA players have to use their voices to make sure that that happens. And it's already starting because LeBron James came out on Twitter yesterday saying, there is no place for someone like Robert Sarver, someone who believes the things that he believes, someone who handles his business the way that he does. There is no place for that guy in our league. And when LeBron James says it, people take notice. And finally, Serena Williams is already contemplating Tom Brady. She said on Good Morning America, I mean, you never know when asked whether she could be persuaded to return to tennis. I've just been saying that I think Tom Brady started a really cool trend. Brady, of course, retired from football this past February before announcing six weeks later he had changed his mind and returned for a 23rd season in the NFL. The thing is, GOATs, do what they do and we all just have to watch and let them do it thanks for making locked on sports today your first listen now go find your favorite teams locked on podcast and make them your second listen coming up tomorrow will the chargers get that statement win or will it be more of the same in the afc west rivalry with the chiefs so at least until tomorrow stay locked on sports today